FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to Faux Monday, the companion show to FOMO Sapiens. Of course, we'll be back on FOMO Sapiens on Thursday, but let's start the week together. Happy Faux Monday, the best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night. And as you know, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, last week we talked about jazz and business and improvisation. And I was listening to that conversation the other day as I was preparing the edit. And I thought, you know, I know somebody who knows a lot about this topic, my very own brother. And so I decided that we're going to have him on the show to talk a bit more about improvisation. Now, my brother, Mike McGinnis, is a clarinetist, saxophonist, and composer who I've been listening to my entire life. And he has worked not just for, you know, played for me. He has worked with some of today's most innovative and influential artists, people from like Ravi Coltrane, the band Yola Tango. He's played all over the place on Broadway, TV, movies. He also teaches music and improvisation. I once saw him play with Barry Manilow. I mean, he does it all. And of course, he wrote the theme to this show. Now, if you want to find out more about my brother, you can, of course, go to MikeMcGinnis.com. Same spelling as me, naturally. You can check him out on Instagram at MCG Music. But first, before you do that, let's talk to Mike about improvisation. Mike, thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me, little brother. My pleasure. So I want to start with a question that I asked our guest on the episode last week, which is, Who's your favorite jazz artist? I know it's not an easy one to answer, but like, give us somebody that we should be listening to that maybe we aren't listening to right now. Well, I guess the first the first musician that inspired me um, was the saxophonist and composer Charlie Parker, who was you know one of the master improvisers, and certainly that was a time where in jazz the improvisation became the sole focus of the music, whereas beforehand it was always just a part of the song that would give, you know, a little section for the soloist to improvise and express themselves. But now that's one of the the, the movements that he was part of. Um, and so, yeah, Charlie Parker, Thelonious Monk, Duke Ellington, as far as for dead people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how about some living women? One of my favorite improvising musicians that I can think of is a saxophonist named Caroline Davis. Um, she's certainly wonderful. There's a great, gosh, I can just add lists and lists of um, people. There's a pianist named Myra Melford, who's one of my favorite composers of all time. Carla Blay, who's almost 90 years old, is, is one of my favorite composers of all time, uh, who's who's around writing great music. And all these people are also, if they're coming from the jazz uh, creative music tradition, then it's inherent that they're improvisers, first of all. Yeah, totally. All right, good. You, you passed that test. Now... <laughs> Now let's get into it. So I want to talk about improvisation and you're somebody who teaches people how to do that and people of all ages. And so just to start out, when you're teaching somebody about improvisation, what is the first thing you do? Usually the main barrier I have with improvising students is their own ability to conceive or inconceive of what improvisation is. People approach it with a lot of concepts that it's supposed to, a lot of expectations of what it's supposed to come out like. And the, the thing I feel you need to do as an improviser is first clear your mind of any expectations so that you're not 
trying to force something and so that you can be open to responding to what comes. And so usually the fear with people is that they're going to do something wrong or in music that would be play a wrong note. And so many musicians, when they play jazz, they want it to sound like what they think jazz sounds like. So if they're improvising and it doesn't sound like that, they get frustrated. They think it's wrong. So what I break it down to is just getting to what improvising is in its essence, which is really just doing something that, that's not premeditated. And even within music, um, you know, it's a type of composition. Like there's composing when you sit down and you might write something or work something out and take a lot of time to, to work on it and edit it and refine it. But then there's composing when you're just doing it right off the top of your, just like improv poetry or spoken word, just like we do all the time. And so people's fears about it needing to sound good or whatever expectation they have a lot of times is a blockage. And so there's a lot of exercises that we do that I've learned from, you know, theater, from working with actors, from working with improv theater and discipline from other areas of life. Yeah, you're right. It's like getting out of your comfort zone and preconceived notions of what something's supposed to be. It makes sense that we're, and you're right. You know, I just think about when I, you taught me how to improvise and like, I thought it had to sound a certain way. And then I learned, of course, no. That being said, I have a question for you that I've never asked you, which is, are there rules? Like, are there rules to improvisation? There are rules, but there are rules that are dependent on the context. If I'm improvising, say, uh, in a in a country setting, I'm going to improvise in a, in a way that I'm, I wouldn't call them rules, but I'm just using the context of what the music needs at that moment and trying to fit into that context. Now, there are times where you might, just in a converse, as in a conversation or a real life thing, you might feel the need to say something that goes against the grain. And that's also, as your improviser, it takes the awareness to in the control. And I guess this, this is where the practice comes in so that you can, whatever you're trying to achieve in the given setting, you can do. So you can either fit in and really assimilate that language, or you can go against it. You know, for instance, if I was playing a Rolling Stones type song, the assimilation would be to, to play a, a solo that was very much in the style of rolling songs, heavy rock saxophone. I wouldn't go and play like Charlie Parker, not because it's wrong or the rules, but it's just not the best choice there. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't sound as good. So it's, it's preference and it's, it is, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's rules, but it's, it's kind of like cooking. It's like, there's no rules, but you know, it tastes good, but even that is subjective. Yeah, you're right. No, I just, as you're talking, I'm thinking like, you know, you could get into this mindset of like, well, we're improvising. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like, I'm going to throw the instruments against the wall. And maybe one time you do that and it's actually interesting and like people, it does something. But if you just go into different bands and you just keep throwing things against the wall at some point, like you're not really adding a lot of value to the musical experience for yourself and others. FOMO. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day or taking a week, you don't have one source of truth. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, 1. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. Happy birthday. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close the books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs. Those are key performance indicators in one efficient system. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know the show is all about making better decisions. And with this product, you can make better decisions because you have all the information you need right in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com FOMO. 
That's netsuite.com slash FOMO to get your own KPI checklist. Because you know what? KPIs are better than ice cream. netsuite.com slash FOMO. FOMO. Now, I do want to ask you, as somebody who teaches people about creativity and has been an advisor of mine in my own creative journey, what is something we can do? What are the things that we can do on a daily basis to cultivate a mindset that will help us to improvise? Sure. Well, the, the best teachers that I had, um, they, they all kind of went to the same thing, which is first of practicing your awareness, which seems like a obvious thing. It's like, how do you do that? Well, it's practi- practicing actually consciously working on your senses. So I'll give you a musical example that this, this um, one teacher named Michael Caine told me to do. Um, because he noticed that even though when I was in an improvising setting, I could be very good at just generating stuff and throwing stuff out there. But then in terms of what was going on in the overall ensemble of people and also, um, having the balance between, you know, what you're, what's going on in your head, but you also need to be listening and responding, but not just reacting all the time. Mm. So it's, it's really a nuanced thing. It's, it's the ability to, to, to be creating something at one moment while also sensing everything that's going around and then having the ability and awareness within that to say, I can react to that or I'm not going to react to that. And then to have a range of choices of how to react to that. So the first step with that in music was learning how to hear all the parts of the ensemble all at once. So an exercise was training your listening awareness. And so what he advised was take one track. um, In this particular track, I think it was the Thelonious Monk Quartet, which was saxophone, piano, bass, and drums, and listen to it five times. The first time, focus on the drums. Second time, focus on the bass. Third time, focus on the piano. Last time, saxophone. And then listen to all of it. When I did that, when I listened to it again, all of a sudden, I could, I noticed so much more. And that was, you know, awareness, noticing it's the same thing. Another experience I had similar was just walking around New York City with this teacher, and he was pointing out all these things that I didn't see. And I just realized, all right, I'm not that aware, so I just need to practice using my senses. And it's you know, something that goes completely against the grain in our day because we we walk around now, even with a mask, with everything blocked off and kind of like blocked off from the outside. Well, I've tried this thing before, which I think everybody should try, which is like walk down the street and just pay attention to everything around you. Like look at the leaves, look at the gum on the street, look at every line on the on the sidewalk. And you start to realize that like on a daily basis, we don't pay attention to much. And so being able to direct your attention and notice things is really powerful. Now, I want to ask you one last question. So you spend your life improvising. I'm curious, like what in the other parts of your life has your skill and improvising made sort of more powerful for you? Like, for example, I'll give you like, I meditate every day. You meditate every day. Like, what does that give me? Well, I don't freak out. Right. So when you're really good at at, at improvising, are there certain other things in your life that you just do better? Sure. Well, I would say that the main um, the main reason that I got into actually into a lot of things like meditation or all kinds of practices like that for me were all about becoming a better improviser, really, and a better artist. And I would just see like, well, maybe just trying different things that were helping. And, and what it made me realize of why all these things are kind of connected and you read about it is because what these things give us is adaptability. And mm-hmm. adaptability is really the most, I think, you need it anyways, especially now. And adaptability and then the also... Another thing is the ability to let things go. And for instance, like if I'm, when I'm improvising in a, in a setting, I can hear a million things that I would want to play, but that doesn't mean just because I'm hearing it in my head that 
that's the right choice to make at that moment. And sometimes the best thing you can do is not play and leave the space in there because that's that's what it needs. And so having the the adaptability to when all your plans go completely um, you know awry to not freak out and just stand there in the in the mess and that's what we really need, you know, in any situation in life when our expectations aren't met, that's a lot of times when people get mad. And when you get mad, especially if you go into fight or flight, you're not, you don't have all your skills, your best skills at your disposal. So if you can be adaptable and improvising becomes a practice that's familiar, then when things change and you all of a sudden have to change plan, you know, you don't freak out anymore. It becomes more of a, a play or um, there's a great, a great book called Free Play by Stephen Nachmanovich. And he uses the phrase Lila, which I think is a Sanskrit word in this Kind of represents yeah. the overall, you know, it's in all the, the yin yang, the play. It's about being able to balance in between both of those ultimately. And I think for me, the more adaptable I am, then I'm not caused the stress of not being adaptable. Listen, this is why I always listen to you because you have all these this wisdom to share. All right, everybody. So you can check out Mike's music. He's on Spotify. He's on all the channels, of course. He's got he's on iTunes. He is everywhere. You can find everything together at mikemcginnis.com. You can also find him on Instagram at mcgmusic. Mike McGinnis, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for letting me uh, flow, let it flow in a Jack Kerouac uh, free-flowing sense on your radio show. <laughs> oh boy. I'm, I'm just gonna, just say thank you and we'll edit it out. All right, all right. Thank you. Do it like clean. Thank you for having me. It was delightful to talk to you today. Don't be a dick. I'm leaving all of this in now to show how obnoxious you are. <laughs> FOMO. Can't get enough of FOMO Sapiens? Join me on Patreon for ad-free episodes, bonus material, and exclusive content that will help you to master FOMO and position yourself for greater success in both business and life. Go to patreon.com slash FOMO Sapiens to learn more. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on LinkedIn. I love hearing from you, so don't be shy. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.